Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Food Stories podcast. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. I hope you're doing well. I am enjoying a little bit of cooler weather here in usually sunny and very hot South Florida. We dipped down into the 50s for the first time this morning, so I am loving the cooler weather, and hopefully you are keeping warm or keeping cool wherever you are in the country or the world. So today on the show, I am chatting with Darren Olin, and he is perhaps best known for developing an ongoing formulation of fitness company Beachbody's successful whole food supplement, Shakeology. He's also the author of the book, Super Life, The Five Forces That Will Make You Healthy, Fit, and Eternally Awesome. And now he's on his next quest as the co-founder of Barucas, a good-for-you, good-for-the-planet superfood company bringing the most nutrient-dense and unknown nut on the planet from Brazil to the United States. In my conversation with Darren, we talk about how he got the title of Superfood Hunter, um, how he went from working with Shakeology to co-founding this company called Barucas, and how they're doing more than just bringing this unknown super nut to wider audiences. They're actually facilitating the planting of trees and fair trade within Brazil's indigenous communities, which I think is super cool. Um, He is wildly knowledgeable about medicinal plants and food and nutrition. So we talk about the Baru nut. We talk about other medicinal plants, what the term superfood means to him, and what he envisions for the future of this industry. It's a really great conversation packed with a lot of information. Um, If you've ever been curious about superfoods or if you want to discover a new um, healthy snack that's also um, from a really great company that's giving back and playing their part in sustainability this is a fantastic conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Here is my conversation with Darren Olin of Barucas. Now we dive right in uh, with you telling us a little bit about who you are and what your company, Barucas, is all about. Yeah, so, you know, I guess, uh, you know, as a superfood hunter, that, that term was given to me from a, a business Businessweek article, article that came out a while ago and it just kind of stuck because it's what I do but I never set out to do it I set out because it was the morally and ethically the thing to do so I you know luckily I've gotten to run around the planet looking for underutilized herbs uh, botanicals medicinal plants functional medicine uh, mushrooms all of the above and and so you know I got lucky where I saw some things and was developing things. And in that process of formulating, um, I got hired by the big company Beachbody. And, and then they said, hey, you know, we want to move in this 
functional world of uh, superfoods and we heard what you're doing and and so i developed uh, a meal replacement slash superfood drink um way back and it was launched in 2008 i started in 2006 and that just became one of the largest um consumed uh shakes in this in the united states and no one could have ever predicted that that was going to happen i just loved formulating so yeah um and then I developed a few other things for them, uh, some cleansing programs and other boosting supplements, and then and then wrote a book on kind of the five pillars of what I saw as foundational principles of of health uh, that I thought people were kind of bypassing and trying to have. You know, we're always trying to get to the to the fix and to the hack when some of the foundational things of health are are found in the simplicity. Um, and then kind of this, this point where, you know, I'd found a lot of things. And when I got, uh, so Rodrigo, uh, my partner, reached out to me because I was in the Brazilian eastern side uh, of the Amazon. And I was looking at palm fruits and, and visiting some indigenous people. And I guess this is when social media works in your favor. Rodrigo had just started with the idea of importing Baruch because he thought Baruch is because he thought it was uh, an interesting food, but he really didn't know. So he found me and reached out to me, and I and I saw like, hey, do you know about this? And I was like, no. And which gets me really exciting, excited when I see something that I haven't seen because the majority of my career is learning about this amazing planet and its production of medicinal plants and foods. And so when he reached out, uh, we had a great conversation about what Barucas was. And and then, of course, he sent me samples. We dug into the research. And then, boom, I was on a plane to Brazil when I saw that we could help a ecology that's suffering from this modern-day world of, of unsustainable practices and farming practices and we could build back potentially a sacred tree that's a nitrogen fixer that helps the plants around it, helps the ecology, and that we could support the people while doing that um, for me and my career. And then you have a nutritional superiority with Barucas that we, I was just, and then of course the taste blew my mind. And I was like, this is checking every box. I have to do this. Like it was no longer. It's going to take a lot of work, but I have to do it. And so that, so we founded it basically in 2017 um, with all of those pillars in mind uh, that we were going to create. And this is the interesting part. We were going to create a business so that it could support and help flourish tree planting and fair trade within the indigenous communities of the area. So we said we can support those systems if we make a good business work. And so all of the partners that have now since come in, we're all carrying that mission. Um, because if we carry that mission, then other things fall into place. The economy falls into place because we have the right attitude and the right fortitude and the right skill set to actually pull this off um, in, a, in an area that has never really exported something like this in an economic and a 
uh, quality that needed to be uh, uh, looked after better. So anyway, that's that's the quick and long version of how Baruka's Nows came became the my number one focus for getting out a delicious food, a high nutrient valued food, uh, supporting the people of the land and then supporting the land itself by planting trees. So um, totally stoked to share this with the world because every time someone eats it, not only are they experiencing it, uh, it's supporting this ecosystem that we've now started to really create to, to do a lot of good. Yeah, absolutely. That's super exciting. And that you've been able, A, to discover it, B, to build a brand that is, you know, offering a healthy snack option. And then the added benefit that you are creating a sustainable business practice for this great economy. So Baru, is, it's a super nut. Um, what's yep. it taste like? What are the benefits and what makes it like a really great snack option? Um, what makes you excited that you now have packaged it and are offering it? Yeah, well, that's a great question because number one, it tastes ridiculously close to a peanut and an almond, but like the better version of both of them with a superior crunch that is so satisfying that it's kind of ridiculous that it tastes so good and it's so satisfying in that way. Mm-hmm. And really, everything from fruit, smoothies, uh, smoothie bowls, salads. I don't eat, I literally don't eat a salad without barucas on it. It's just not the same. Um, and then we're playing with, I'm formulating a bunch of stuff that we can potentially use because we also are using the fruit from the outside. So the taste is is familiar to people, but yet it's different. So people feel like they've eaten it before, but are kind of blown away with its its uh, uh, taste profile. And then, you know, you go down the list of micronutrients from calcium, magnesium, copper, iron, some of the some of the micronutrients that are needed by most humans, um, and and then you have this complete protein amino acid. Which you know, from a a nut and a seed, it's very rare. And then, with the stress of the Baruzeta tree in the wild, it's cultivating a huge amount of antioxidants that are translated into this into this one nut per fruit or shell. So there's a concentration of life force in there that uh, is delivering, obviously. Uh, something completely great for the human because we're, you know, slowly oxidizing through exposure of our environment and stress and poor quality food. So, um, and then, and then one thing that we are all lacking is fiber these days. And they know that, you know, you know what I mean? So, so the fiber content is like not even close to any other nuts. It's off the chart. Um, so when you add up all of that antioxidants, the micronutrients, the protein, and of course, then you're like, well, it's lower in calories. So how can it be lower in calories and nutritionally superior? And that was just like, you know, the, it becomes kind of like this holy grail of like, there's nothing that can really stand by it. And that's why we, you know, the super nut of the Savannah, you know, it's like 
good for you and literally good for the planet. I mean, we're not even coming up with a tagline for a tagline's sake. We're just coming up to it because that's what we're doing and that's what this is. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's it's been a really incredible journey to, to let this out because I think for me and for us, the greatest joy is to be able to provide something to people that they wouldn't be able to have. And so we all know that food is medicine. Literally, the nutrients we get is, you know, creating fortitude in our body and allowing us to live the life that we want. And so to be able to eat foods that are uh, nutrient superior and, and support a wild situation, because it's very rare to scale a food that is in the wild. You know, right, this is, yeah. yeah, so you're, there's no outside irrigation, there's no pesticides, there's no herbicides, you can't, you can't pick it early, you have to wait until it's ripe and it falls, uh, because the, the seed's not formed yet, so it's all of these things that, when it falls, it's ready to go, and, and we amass these, these indigenous people that are happy to have a solidity in their ability to forage and for us to pay them uh, directly and on time and backed by our word. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's super fun and, and hard because we've had to innovate equipment um, to crack open this extremely difficult nut to crack because indigenously they would hit it with a rock, they would hit it with a machete, and they, then even a thousand years before that, they'd take this hard shell with the fruit on it, throw it on the fire, and in the morning, it would be toasted and easier to be broken open. So, you know, we're following the indigenous people, but we're innovating it to make it scalable. Um, and it's more fun. It's, it's like doing something doing hard work knowing that you're providing so much benefit is worth it every time where are you currently um selling the product now so if people want to buy them where can they get their hands on them yeah so we're rolling into a few retailers and we've never really reached out to them so we've done a, obviously barucas.com online mm -hmm. uh and amazon uh, online as we're doing a ton of business there and growing and growing because people get healthfully uh, addicted to these things. And then uh, Air One uh, here in California uh, and then this, this other entity called Jimbo's. And then uh, we're, we can't say yet, but we're because we're under contract, but we are rolling into some really big retailers nationwide come early part of uh next year so awesome. passed all yeah so we passed all the audits we've done all the things and and um and people really love it and we also have some things brewing and big time in europe so people reach out all the time internationally and say when can we get it and we're uh this this year and rolling into next year we'll be rolling out internationally as well that's fantastic congratulations that's super big news <laughs> yeah it's been a it's been a very uh, wonderful win when people reach out to us and want to want to bring it to the world it's it's fantastic
I want to talk about your background a bit. I know you're an expert in medicinal plants and foods. I want to talk about the term superfood, which is something that I think we're hearing a lot in the food marketing space. As, yeah. as someone who has been, um, you know, deeply researching this space for many years, what do you think is the true definition of a superfood and what are some of the ones that you like best at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question, and honestly, um, it's it's a it depends on how you want to look at it because you can de- definitely see that, that medicinal plants, adaptogenic herbs, they're kind of sitting in that that category of medicine and and facilitating specific and and systemic functioning, and then you have this idea of superfoods, and that's kind of getting into this functionality, this higher functioning. Of food, so you know the, the 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 one example is okay. You have an apple, and then you have a let's say a goji berry. So if you break it down, so it's really very simple for people to understand in the sense that if I eat one, you know, if I eat twenty calories of this apple, and then I eat twenty calories of the goji berry, by the nutrient value. By the micronutrients, by the antioxidants, by the phytonutrients, um, you're getting a higher functioning ability for your body um, than you would say from an apple. But then I can also answer from the other side. Well, and this is not necessarily creates clarity, but it creates the consciousness of, you know, you can say, okay, there's a donut and then there's an apple. Obviously, the apple is more superior than the donut itself. The problem with marketing is everyone's just jumping on the, the, the bandwagon. So is there an absolute clear line? Not really. Um, but I really boil it down to the amount of calories you're taking in are the concentrations of the nutrients you're getting over something else. Um, so that's really where I zero in on, you know. I probably wouldn't have given myself the title superfood hunter. I think it's a it's a great kind of buzzword to get, get people to go like, excuse me, what are you <laughs> what do you do? Right? Yeah. So so but then I can unpack it if they wanna wanna learn more about it. For me, superfood hunting is less about and 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 part of it is the superfoods, the medicinal plants, the the fungal kingdom and whatever else but it's also all these other spokes because like barucas every spoke is virtually as as important as the other and those spokes are things like how are the people the farmers the foragers the processors the processing equipment the auditing the fda approved facilities uh the environment are you leaving the environment better uh, and flourishing than you did before. Um, so, so we look at it as this holistic side. So you could really, I mean, maybe I should write an article. I kind of think of that at the moment because superfoods need to support these other pillars from an ethnobotanical point of view. You know, right. it, it needs to not because there's many stories of the stripping of these foods and then you're leaving indigenous people with their native food that they can't even afford anymore. Right. Or 
It's not available to them. And if you make it so that they flourish economically, they flourish environmentally, and then they can still afford their native foods, now you're really starting to steer towards the super of everything, right? Sure. So super, super business, super foods, super economy for everybody, super environmental. So now you're really talking conscious consumerism. So now the, co the, the customer is less about marketing and more about telling the truth. When you buy, literally when you buy these, you are absolutely supporting the environment you're absolutely supporting the indigenous people that we work with directly. And you're absolutely getting one of the greatest nuts we've ever found on the planet today. And you get to enjoy it by the taste of it, by the texture of it, and by the use of it. So that to me is my bigger version of what super is. Because you have to look at this stuff. And really the exposure of traveling around the world and meeting and looking into the eyes of the people and getting to know the culture, getting to know the people, getting to understand how they use these plants and then, then try to proliferate it into a business, that to me is the real work and the real super in all of the foods. So. So that's my new definition, never been uh, explained to you, uh, to anybody except here today. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I love that you brought up that there's so much more than just the, you know, looking at something for its health benefits. Because like you said, if you're excavating something and compromising its whole entire environment and the communities it serves in the meantime, then at what cost are you... You know, you may get something that has antioxidants or helps you with something, but then you're destroying potentially a whole ecosystem. So you have to look at the trade-offs. I love that, that you mentioned that and looking at the bigger picture. Totally. I want to talk a little bit about um, your career and your professional path. You mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of our call. You have an incredible resume um, besides co-founding this company you mentioned that you worked with Beachbody and created their wildly successful supplement Shakeology which I'm really familiar with I'm a huge fan of of Beachbody programs my husband and I have both done a few of them so we're very oh, familiar nice. yeah with the brand and with Shakeology um, you talked about your book take us back to the beginning of your career and what initially inspired your love for health and wellness yeah well <laughs> If you unpack it all the way, and this was kind of a, uh, something that I learned about who I was as a person from my father, when my father kind of one day in a stream of consciousness kind of told me who, who he perceived I was because it started when I was two, uh, three and a half pounds and two months premature and he saw this little fighter fighting for his life with a 50-50 chance of surviving and he always saw this person that would be hit with adversity and figure out a way around it. So, so that really was incredible to hear from him because I also used to sit in his classes because he was a university professor of uh, agriculture business at the University of Minnesota. 
And I was just fascinated. I probably, I probably just liked watching my father kind of do his thing. But at the same time, you know, my grandmother came on a covered wagon through Minnesota and the Dakotas. You know, many cousins are still ranchers and farmers and cowboy wearing boots and hats. Like, that's just, we're real people in Minnesota. And so that superfood thing was easy to, to, to not think of as sexy. It's just like, I want to meet these people. And so really early on, and even as a kid growing up in Minnesota, I didn't think of myself as any doing anything special, except that I felt early in my life because being premature, I was struggled with some stuff. My body wasn't functioning all that great. I had resting heart rate of 110 beats per minute. Like I had some weird things and I took my body a while to sort that out. And when I really started applying food to it kind of instinctually, I then started to feel like a light switch, the difference of what I was putting in my body and the, and the functionality and the feeling in my body and the, the function of my brain. And so kind of cut to playing college, college football, career ending injury. Here comes another adversity. Um, and then boom, instead of studying stuff that I don't want to, I redirected my studies in college. And instead of being a victim to a career ending injury, I then said, let's study this stuff. Let's study the body. Let's study physiology. Let's study kinesiology and movement. Let's study biochemistry. Let's study nutrition. So I got exposed to many different parts of, of health and nutrition through my major um, and, and then from there I jumped and started doing a lot of exercise physiology with this guy, Dale Greenwald and active therapy professionals. And so we did a lot of work with them. And then the interesting thing is I worked with the pharmacist for a while and started getting into, um, finding botanicals and, uh, I started selling stuff out of my locker in my twenties, um, and then I had a, a, a university retired doctor that used to go before the internet, he'd go to the medical library and, and drop off all these functional food uh, research articles. And he just kept encouraging me like, hey, this is the future. This is how this is. If I was to do it over again, I would study nutrition. That's the way to get people healthy. It's not through um, you know, medications and all that stuff. So that was you know, 23, 24, 25 years old. And then, you know, it, it was really then my father passing away in 2005 that instead of just, you know, I was playing around with formulas, I was playing around with certain things and I started to travel a little bit and, and finding Himalayan salt in India, in India and, and starting to go to Peru and, and instead of dabbling, I just decided to like, okay, I professionalize this and, and saying yes to that, saying I'm going to do this, it was really within a year of I was going to do my own thing. Within a year, Beachbody had reached out to me and offered me this incredible situation. Um, and then, you know, away we go. And, you know, so now, you know, I still do a lot of that stuff. And I'm also, you know, being a traveler around the world, I've seen a lot of environmental issues um, from unsustainable power technology to to water horrible water situations to uh housing uh problems and so uh i started to kind of broaden my passion uh 
uh, wealth bank and, yeah. and start to dig into some of that stuff as well. I love that a lot of brands like you, like this one that you're helping co-found um, are coming at food from this medicinal focus. That's something that I've, in the most recent years, have become more interested in just, you know, like you said, using food for medicine and trying to avoid having to take medication for different things. What do you think? And one of the things that surprises me as I read more about this is, you know, we live in the United States, you know, one could argue one of the most, you know, first world countries, we have so many resources here. Yeah, I think so many people still struggle with nutrition and with wellness. What do you think is one of the most common misconceptions about healthy food and eating? And why do you think it, it trips people up so much? In terms of resisting eating well and things like that? Yeah, or yeah, just, you know, making the right, you know, food choices. And I feel like there's so much, you know, confusion when it comes to what we should be eating and, and all of that. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, I think for, for the number one is losing the connection of yourself, Mm -hmm. losing your, your instinctual uh, muscle that will inform, uh, the, the sense of the, the olfactory, the sense of smell. We're the only mammal on the planet that doesn't use our food, our nose for food selection. Um, and so smelling food in its natural state, mm-hmm. not being manipulated by fast food because that's part of their manipulation is, is uh, manipulating your senses so that you think you're craving it. Yeah. Um, and I also think there's a modern day kind of fatal convenience that's also going on. And that is so easy to get food, um, so easy to buy crappy food. And so it's, it's convenient. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the kind of the extreme, I use the, the fatal conveniences as a, as a way to get the attention because it's the fatal side of it is if you've been eating a certain way, and that could be culturally, that could be culturally within your house, within your family, the, the microbiome is, is, is adapting and changing. So then you've shifted your microbiome, the, the bacteria in your gut um, that's informing a, a lot of things, not only brain health immune system, but it's also informing cravings. And biophotonically, even beyond the electrical system, it's, it's, it's communicating to you as cravings. So we're, we're eating poor foods, and now you've shifted your microflora in a bad way. So now those, quote-unquote, lesser or bad microbes have, have now wanted and are continuing to crave those foods that you've been giving it. So we lose our connection to what it is that our bodies truly want. I think we're running around with this idea of I want this and I want that instead of going, body, what do you require? Mm-hmm. What, what, am I, what am I willing to receive with? Because it's like, you know, I even said in my book, there's, no, there's not a lot of things I'm going to tell you that you haven't heard before it's just a matter of what what aspect are you gonna are you gonna live your life from your knowing or are you gonna reason and justify yourself away from that which you know 
because at the end of the day, we kind of all know we should drink good water. Mm-hmm. Probably being dehydrated is probably not a good idea. If I were to ask you, who, if you just plop down on earth, what do you think you should eat to, to be vital and strong and to live a super life? You would probably say, well, it seems to me that, you know, healthy plants and nuts and fruits that have been forged by the animals and ancient humans would probably be a good idea. Sure. And, and the, the, the amount of energy it takes to get pests or to get game or to get all that stuff takes a lot of energy. So that usually means that you don't eat much of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's an instinctual side that I think we lose. I mean, it's, there's a, it, this is a big, it, um, there's a lot to unpack here, but I'll just kind of conclude it there in the sense that getting back to what you know and then the muscle of following up with what you know to do is going to expand the muscle of, of that receiving of that information so that you can continue to have the kind of life you want. Because once that shifts, once you get over the hump of getting off of these addictions to these foods, you'll feel better than you've ever felt. And you've, you've probably seen this. Friends, they do a healthy shift in a diet or they do a cleanse of sorts and they're like, oh my God, I'm have a whole new relationship with food. And then you also see them go back into all these conveniences that steer them out of it again. And so it's this yo-yo thing. Being in this space for quite some time now and, you know, co-founding a company recently, what do you think are the most exciting and also most challenging things about being a food entrepreneur today versus 10 or 20 years ago? Huh. Well, I think there's an oversaturation. I mean, we're even talking superfoods, we're talking terminology, we're talking eco, we're talking the terminology, it's natural, it's organic, it's non-GMO, it's vegan, it's all of this. It's like, and, and I think it's important, but it's actually bloody confusing, especially for people that are not in this space. And so you can throw all these things around and, and it's the curse of too much information. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone has a platform. And if you're a good orator and you can uh, make a good argument, it doesn't need to be true. It just needs to be believed by you. So you have a lot of people um, spewing out all the information without seeing the biggest picture. You know, I've, I've gotten to travel to some of the blue zones around the world where people live the longest. I've, I've been able to talk to people that are 102, 104, and there's a simplicity to all of that stuff. It, is, it isn't them researching the next elixir or shifting into a ketogenic diet or all of this stuff. It's a very simplistic, out there, moving around, grabbing the food that they're, that they're growing and going back. So... I don't know how to desensitize other than we need to constantly get back to nature. We need to get back to ourselves. We need to get in the sun. We need to get in the ground. We need to shut off from our devices and do the best we can with not being yanked around by all of this stuff and, and get back to the simplicity. Drink your water, move a little bit, sleep well, have good relationships, be around people that inspire you, 
um, stress your body in good ways, you know, expose it to temperature variations, shut off your Wi-Fi, turn off the, the, the EMFs when you can, shut down, you know, don't stare at your devices right before you go to bed. Like there's a, there's a lot of stuff that when you really break it down, you're 95% there on a trajectory of feeling the best ever. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's not too difficult, but it's just a, it's a choice that we need to make and then put it into action. I think people fail at action. They sit there and don't do it. And then they don't do it the next day. And then they beat the shit out of themselves, uh, come January 1st. And then they do it over and over and over again. So, um, you know, it's, it's the follow through. Um, I'm a very actionable oriented person. Like I want to walk my property with a machete and a tractor and get involved. And I want to build things and do things and accomplish things. And that's my meditation in life to, to bring out, you know, things like the Barucas to bring these things into, uh, the space that people can enjoy it. And that's my, that's the, that's the prayer manifested. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I totally agree with getting back to, you know, simplicity. I think of my own grandmother who lived, she lived to be 99. And um, yeah, she grew up in Cuba. And it was just like a simple, she lived in the rural, you know, farm. they had animals and had their own, grew their own food. And she always talked about eating just simple, simple things. And she also said she drank hot water every night. So I'm try, I try to get into that habit too, but she swore by the hot water as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me a little bit today. Uh, before we wrap up, I always do some fun closing questions with all my guests. Are you up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so number one, what is the last movie or TV show that you've watched? <laughs> um, I was just coming back on a flight from visiting my family in Minnesota, and actually was pleasantly surprised with this movie called uh, Mustang. It was about a prisoner. It was based on a real uh, story, a prisoner that was in prison, extremely angry. Uh, he got connected with, uh, right next to the prison, um, they had some of the prisoners come out and, and, and work with wild horses. And he connected with an angry horse, and they both ended up helping each other. And I won't give it away, but it was a beautiful, beautiful uh, movie about connection, about the connection with animals and, and uh, being vulnerable. Oh, that sounds so sweet. Mustang. I'll have to check that out. Love it. For sure. Number two, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Holy cow. Um, I would probably choose Moringa. Okay. Uh, an incredible leaf from uh, the uh, Moringa tree. Um, My mom has a plant in her house. She oh, loves beautiful. it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, it grows well in Florida. Yeah. Uh, so... And then, um, because medicinally, that's that's like the medicine tree. Yep. And then, and then I would probably choose the king of all fruits, uh, durian, um, which is extremely stinky, but extremely good. Um, so I'm gonna definitely thrive with 
really the king of plants and moringa and the king of fruits. And then probably I would, just because I enjoy it so much, I would probably choose jackfruit, the biggest fruit that's created. And when it gets ripe, you can use it when it's green. And it's kind of like this texture that you can almost, you know, meat-like. And Mm -hmm. then when you let it ripe, it's just the most decadent, delicious fruit um, that I've celebrated several times around in many countries. So, Love it. Number three, this might be a difficult one since I know you are an avid traveler. What is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Well, yeah, it's impossible. Uh, But let me just say that past year I was in nine countries. Um, I'm going to just keep it to that. I loved and fell in love with and did some food foraging in Iceland. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, it was really, really special country in so many different ways. Incredible people, um, very cool medicinal plants, which I learned a lot about. Um, interesting algaes that are coming up from the natural geothermal hot springs. Like just, just, and the people are just fantastic. So uh, that that's that in this past year, um, that that's definitely way up there. And number four, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? <laughs> you know, I do like. Because I'm very active, I'm very involved in my land, I'm all that stuff, and people think I never stop. I actually really love shutting down at like 5 p.m. and just watching a movie, streaming some uh, uh, TV shows. And the thing that probably people wouldn't expect is I love the, um, the show Ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I tell you, just laughing at just stupid videos is just one of those things that just, I just gut laugh every time. It's just so good, especially at the end of a day. It's yeah, great. that's a good wind down show. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. Well, thanks again for taking the time. This has been a lot of fun. I'm sure that our listeners are going to love getting to know you and Barucas. One more time, where can people find more about you and Barucas? Yes, yeah, so currently barucas.com. It's got a bunch of information on there about the product. Uh, Amazon, they can buy Barucas as well. I'm at superlife.com and we'll be reverting to darrenalee.com as well soon, but... Uh, yeah, and then social media, Super Life Living, and then we have Eat Barucas, uh, at Eat Barucas for, for social media. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.